Broadcasting from the ARN Racing Studios in Southern California, a turn for media company, ARN Los Angeles. This is ARN, the American Racing Network, the Motorsports Authority. Supercross visited Oakland over the weekend. Which riders are down for the season and which ones are on the upward trend? Plus, the Chili Bolt never, ever lets down, and I'm not just talking about the food item. Plus, one NASCAR Cup Series driver hangs it up for good. How does this affect silly season moving forward? I'm Alan Bailey, and you're shifting gears. This is ARN, the American Racing Network. Drivers, start your engine! Get ready. Strap in and hold on. We're getting the green starting right now. It's a pretty basic understanding. I'm always going to speak my mind and I'm not going to hold back. I don't even know how that works. It's an entertainment sport, not a fair sport. You're shifting gears on ARN with Alan Bailey. Shifting gears number 113 coming at you on January 20th, 2022. I'm Alan Bailey at Hey Alan Bailey on the social medias. You can also use the hashtag ARN Race in order to get in on this conversation. Today on the program, we will obviously get to your hot topics. We will let you sound off. And then I'm going to talk about my NASCAR predictions for the 2022 season and a whole lot more. But first, let's get to this week's hot topics powered by AmericanRacingNetwork.com, the Motorsports Authority. Jason Anderson won the 450 class for the first time since his 2018 championship season and climbed a second in the point standing Saturday in round two of the Monster Energy Supercross season out at Oakland. He snapped that 47-race winless streak dating way back to March 3rd, 2018 at Atlanta, with Aaron Plessinger and Justin Barsha finishing on the podium as well, with Tomac coming on fourth and Malcolm Stewart rounding out the top five. The news got worse for Roxon, who ended up starting up front but quickly was shuffled out of the top five soon after Roxon lost control in the whoops and crashed hard but was able to rebound but faded to 13th. Chili Bowl Nationals over the weekend with Christopher Bell coming home second to Tanner Thorson, former NASCAR Camping World Truck Series driver, still looking for a ride for the 2022 season. Thorson's win snapped a five-year streak by Bell and reigning Cup Series champ Kyle Larson. Bell had won three in a row. Larson had won the past two years out at the Chili Bowl. Larson came home sixth in the 55-lap main event. Eric Amarola announced last week that he will be retiring after the 2022 season to focus on his family, more specifically what he's calling the next chapter of his life. I don't want to, I don't want to keep racing in six, seven years down the road. My kids be grown and running off with their friends and um, doing the same thing that I did when I was 16 or 17. and and regret it and miss that opportunity to to have spent the quality time with them. I'll, I'll tell you the defining moment for me. Uh, it was 2018. I was in the playoffs, my first year at Stuart Haas Racing, and I had just won at Talladega. Everything was as cool as it could possibly be. Janice and I tucked the kids in, we kissed them goodnight. I walked downstairs and was like, oh, it's Sunday night the garbage has to go out. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I just won the biggest race of my career at that point. And here I am walking to take the garbage and recycling out. Like, being a race car driver is a small part of who I am, but it doesn't define me. 
2022 will mark Amarola's 11th full-time season in the NASCAR Cup Series with three series wins, including a victory last year at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, which was the sole victory for Stuart Haas Racing in 2021. New tracks are set to debut in the 13th season of the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series, with drivers competing on virtual circuits that more closely mirror the NASCAR Cup Series schedule. Six tracks will make a first-time appearance on the 19-race calendar, including the much-anticipated Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, which opens up the season with an exhibition race on Tuesday, February 1st. Tony Stewart made it official. He's partnering with Dodge SRT and Mopar, but just an NHRA for now. Tony Stewart Racing will begin its inaugural season in the 2022 season with a two-car lineup with top fuel driver Leah Pruitt and funny car pilot Matt Hagen. Many have speculated that Stewart Haas Racing could be switching over to Dodge sometime in the near future if Dodge elects to compete in the NASCAR Cup Series in the near future. Connor Daly will return to Ed Carpenter Racing for the 2022 IndyCar season with a new sponsor and a full-time ride for the first time at the team. The team announced that BitNile Holdings Incorporated has signed a multi-year deal to become the primary sponsor of the number 20 Chevy that will be driven by Daily. For these stories and more, log on to AmericanRacingNetwork.com to keep up on the latest motorsports news that you need. ARN, the Motorsports Authority. Hashtag ARN Race in order to get in on the conversation like Mike did, at Mike Brass who tweeted out, It might just be me, but Ryan Blaney kind of looks like a young Kevin Harvick with the new cut and shave face. Yeah, Mike, I actually agree with you. Blaney looked like he he legitimately went back 10 years with that shave job. He shaved his beard famously in, uh, heading into the test session last week um, at Daytona. And honestly, Bob Pockers didn't recognize him. I didn't recognize him at first. I was like, wait, that, oh, oh, that's Ryan Blaney. Okay, he shaved. Now, he claims Roger Penske didn't make him shave, but Roger's always had a thing about clean-cut drivers. And the way Roger Penske works, you don't really get told to shave. You just get comments in the hallways from Roger or Roger's people that go something like, Hey, been a while since you shaved, huh? Hmm. Might want to shave soon. Which is probably what happened to Ryan Blaney. I don't have insider information on that, but he claims it was time, and yeah, it kind of was time. At Danny B Talks, please somebody let Frankie Muniz become an ARCA driver. Yeah, that's something that didn't make the cut. Um, Frankie Muniz, famously known as playing Malcolm in Malcolm in the Middle in the Fox TV series that ran for like nine, ten seasons, however long it was was actually in Daytona earlier this week testing an ARCA car in uh, pre-race practice at Daytona. Um, a lot of pe- There's a lot of like misconception about Frankie Muniz and his career path after Malcolm in the Middle. A lot of people, you know, if you Google him, you'll see online, oh, Frankie Muniz doesn't remember Malcolm in the Middle. He has brain damage and, oh, he doesn't remember any of it. And that's all lies. He did multiple... Um, interviews on podcasts and things like that, most recently on the Steve-O podcast, and clarified it that he does remember those years. He has had multiple concussions from playing sports and multiple things, not from racing, because he is into racing. Um, And basically, he just, it's a blur to him. And I mean, you're a kid growing up. Yeah, he remembers filming Malcolm in the Middle, but what year was what year, what was happening in the show and his life because he was so busy. It's all just a giant blur, which I 100% 
understand where he's coming from. I've done that myself when I've worked on projects for a long period of time and everything becomes a blur. And right out of Malcolm in the Middle, essentially, he got really involved with the uh, celebrity race at the Long Beach Grand Prix. Um, He's from Southern California, so, you know, I, I don't see him often. I live in SoCal, too. I mean, you bump into people all the time. I constantly would see him down in Long Beach getting in a car, testing a car. Um, He signed with Lexus for two seasons, almost ended up racing a uh, truck series, I believe, um, program a couple of seasons ago, but it fell through. And now he's kind of looking for an ARCA program. And honestly, the guy has skills. I don't think he's going to go set the world on fire. Don't give him a cup car tomorrow, but I definitely think he can compete in the ARCA series for sure. And Maybe a truck or an Xfinity car or a couple starts here or there in 2022. I mean, he's, you know, in his 30s. Yes, he has a family, but he wants to get back into racing. He kind of stepped away for the last 10 years and focused on the family. And now he's like, you know, the kids are old enough. Kind of want to go racing again. It's hard to put it down, man. So, yes, I agree. NASCAR tweeted out a video um, of Frankie Muniz talking about his test and Danny B is of support of this, and I am too. I I think that it would be very cool to see Malcolm out there racing in NASCAR. Will it happen? Hopefully. Time will tell. Again, at Bailey, you can tag me on Twitter, Instagram, you name it. Uh, You can also use the hashtag ARNRace if you want to get in on the discussion. Um, Or you can send me an email directly, alan at americanracingnetwork.com, if you prefer that method. Now, want to shift gears here and actually talk about 2022 NASCAR predictions. Now, assuming that COVID cases settled down and we're actually able to hold it in Los Angeles, I think the 2022 Bushlight Clash is going to be a huge success, not just for NASCAR financially, but for TV ratings and for the Los Angeles racing market. Let's face it, typically you don't think of racing when you think of Southern California. However, we have a number of racing venues in SoCal that prove continuously time and time again that they are huge successes. Yes, the Auto Club Speedway is celebrating its 25th season in 2022, and it'll be the last year before the new configuration. Irwindale Speedway in Irwindale, California has continued to be a success. Orange Show Speedway in San Bernardino, California is celebrating their 75th year. Paris is a great dirt track in California as well. And now another historic venue is going racing for 2022, the Los Angeles Coliseum. Expect ratings to be huge. It's not on a random Tuesday night just kind of mashed in there with speed weeks. No, 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 no. Instead, it's going to be in prime time on a Sunday night in early February. I actually really dig the time slot. We're also getting a huge marketing push with Fox through the NFL playoffs that are going to help increase those ratings. The fact that it's in a huge market is also going to be big for this event. It's not out in Daytona where, frankly, fans have to decide whether or not they want to go to the Daytona 500, the biggest NASCAR race of the year, or to a qualifying session. No, no, no. Fans in Los Angeles get to enjoy this race for what it is. And some fans online have vocally said, well, is a quarter mile short track on a flat football stadium really going to put on a show? Oh, my friends, absolutely it will. Look at what Orange Show Speedway in San Bernardino, California has done for the last 75 plus years. They continue to put on great racing, and it's not just follow the leader stuff. It's actually great side-by-side finishes. Heck, in 2021, we actually had multiple photo finishes at that facility 
facility, and that racetrack is a quarter-mile flat track built on an old football stadium that was originally opened back in 1947. So yes, the clash at the LA Coliseum is going to put on an absolute fantastic race. When you put the absolute best 40 drivers in these brand new prestigious cup cars, you're going to have some absolute fantastic racing at the clash in the Coliseum. I cannot wait to go to it. And yes, I've got my tickets. I'm ready to go. I can't wait for it. Now, my next prediction is that Brad Keselowski and Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing will struggle in 2022 at first. Keep this in mind. When Dale Earnhardt Jr. moved over to Hendrick, everyone predicted that immediately Dale was going to win every other race. He was going to contend for a championship, and he kind of didn't. No offense to Dale, no offense to Dale Earnhardt Jr. fans, I think that we're going to have a similar path with Brad Keselowski. Yes, I think that Brad and Chris Buescher will both have better seasons than Roush Fenway has had in the last few years, and I definitely think that the new car is going to help both of them to have a really good year, but overall, I really don't think that they're going to set the world on fire. I think that Brad, at some point, will win a race in the 6 car. I think the 17 car, at the very least, will contend for a win somewhere in the season. I don't know if he'll get the win, but he'll contend. And I do think that both drivers will be playoff contenders. Whether or not they make it on points alone, I don't know. But I do think that they're going to struggle out the gate. But once they build up their notebook and midway through the season at the very least, we should see this team start to really gel together and actually start to rattle off some wins. I do think it's going to be a struggle for the first few months of the season, though. Keep an eye on 2311. I'm telling you right now, not only are they going to get much better, but both cars will be in the playoffs in 2022. Think about this. 2311 racing in 2020 going into the 2021 season didn't really have a full season to build cars. They were waiting to get into their race shop. They got parts and equipment late. And frankly, they just kind of were behind the eight ball the entire season. They were getting cars from Joe Gibbs Racing, yes. And they really didn't get time to kind of put their own stamp on those cars and prepare them for Bubba Wallace. So Bubba was behind the eight ball. Everybody at 2311 was behind the eight ball. And you look at what they accomplished in 2021 with no practice, it actually was pretty darn impressive. No, they didn't set the world on fire, but they did get that Talladega win. And believe it or not, I know you Bubba haters are going to come after me in the comments, but Bubba Wallace is actually a really good restrictor plate driver. He's had decent success at restrictor plate tracks in the past, and he normally runs up front and normally commands respect and works well with other drivers. I think that that's going to continue, obviously, into 2022, but I think that with Kurt Busch coming on board with a second 2311 team, it's not going to diminish the team at all. Rather, the opposite. Kurt has proven time and time again when he signs on with a new team or starts a new program, he elevates the entire team and brings their performance up dramatically. He did that over at Ganassi with the one car kind of reinvigorated it and made it a winning car again that was contending for wins week in and week out and was a playoff car. I think that we're going to see that with the number 23 and the number 45 in 2022. They're both going to get wins, I believe, in 2022, and they will both be in the playoffs. 
The new car is definitely going to help this team because they have that clean notebook. And the fact that we're going back to practices, at least for the time being in 2022, is just going to help this team as well build their notebook all season in order to really gel as a team. Now, first-time winners are something we're going to see in 2022 as well. Who's going to win? Well, Austin Centric in the two car is kind of the obvious choice. He's a guy who's really good on road courses, and he proved at Coda in 2021 that he actually is a contender on road courses. Keep in mind, he's going to be with the two team, which is a championship winning organization and a championship winning team. So I think right out the gate, Austin Centric in the two car should be a top five, top 10 contender week in and week out. And on road courses, he will definitely be in the top five and definitely contend for for a win. Honestly, he could get two or three road course victories in 2022. We'll have to wait and see. I also think that Chase Briscoe in the number 14 Ford is also going to be another first-time winner. He's a guy who was frankly not really used to cup and frankly not having practice in 2021 hurt him as well as a rookie. I think that with practice coming back in 2022, he's going to build that notebook with his crew. Having a new full-time sponsor is drastically going to help that team and that organization with just being more stable in 2022. And I think not only is he going to get a victory, but he's going to contend for a playoff spot. Now, a lot of people are saying Tyler Rennick's going to have a breakout year. I actually disagree. He's a guy who is a great driver, don't get me wrong, but he is in bad equipment with a bad team. No offense to RCR, they have just proven time and time again that they're a mid-pack team. And yeah, they have flashes of brilliance where they get a surprise victory here or there, but... I think that Tyler Rennick is definitely going to have a better year than he's had in the past, but I don't know if he's necessarily going to get a victory and necessarily going to contend for a playoff bid. I think he's a guy who's on that cusp, but frankly, RCR has to drastically step up their program in order to give him a winning car. Yes, the new rules package definitely puts this back into the driver's hands, but frankly, you still need a fast car in order to go out there and win a race. I don't necessarily think that Tyler Rennick is going to be a winning driver in 2022. This one is kind of a duh moment, but I'm still predicting it anyway. Road racing will get even better in 2022. You look at the road course races we saw in 2021, we saw a huge influx of them. Suddenly, road course racing in the last few seasons has gone from that thing that we do twice a year that are throwaway races to, oh wow, this is one third, if not more, of the NASCAR schedule. So, Teams are definitely putting more effort into road course racing. Drivers are doing more simming on road courses, and there's definitely a push for these drivers to get even better on road course races. And I think that the car is definitely designed to actually put on even better racing in 2022 than we saw in 2021. Now, are we going to get a diverse number of winners on road courses? No, I think we're going to see the same handful of drivers win on road courses, but it definitely puts it back into the driver's hands and we're going to see even closer fenders rubbing and tires rubbing together and close quarter racing on road courses and I cannot wait for it. This one was in the rumor mill a lot heading into the offseason, and it's kind of died out the last month or so, but I think it's actually got a lot of validity to it. Stuart Haas Racing will sign with Dodge for 2023. 
I've heard rumblings and reports, nothing that I can say definitively as factually true, but I honestly believe that the writing on the wall and the rumors in the garage area are 100% true, and that Stuart Haas will make the jump to Dodge for the 2023 season. It was too soon for 2022. Dodge is still working on their cars and getting everything ready. The fact that NASCAR and manufacturers are still not struggling, but a little behind the eight ball with getting the new cars rolled out for 2022 definitely didn't help Dodge, but I think Dodge is working really hard right now to get a cup program, Xfinity and truck ready to go for the 2023 season. I think it'll be ready in time, assuming that the world kind of stabilizes over the course of the next few months, assuming that everything looks good for 2023. I think that Dodge is returning to NASCAR in 2023 and because Stewart has connections with Dodge through his brand new NHRA team, I think that he wants to be with a new manufacturer. He's proven that he doesn't have an alignment to one specific manufacturer. He drove for Chevy for many years throughout his driving career with Joe Gibbs Racing, but went over to Toyota very briefly with his driving career and then back to Chevy as an owner. And then, frankly, when Chevy didn't give him the equipment and the funding that he wanted, he jumped over to Ford. And I think the final straw with the Ford Motor Company for Stewart was the fact that Ford would not allow him to sign Kyle Larson for the 2021 season. And Kyle Larson kind of proved that that was actually a really stupid move. Larson ended up signing with Hendrick and went on to win 10 races in the championship. Stewart's still a little salty about that and not really happy with Ford over that. And Tony Stewart's building great alignments with Dodge outside of his NASCAR program. And I don't see why Dodge wouldn't want to sign with Stewart for the 2023 season and beyond. I think it's something that's going to happen. It's just a question of does it happen for 2023 or 2024? I think 2023 is a little aggressive, but I think it's still doable, assuming that all the ducks line up for Dodge and Stuart Haas. Speaking of Stuart Haas, I'm predicting now that Kevin Harvick will announce 2023 as his final season in NASCAR competition. Harvick came out and actually said that 2021 was supposed to be his final season, but because of everything that happened with the pandemic and the new car, I think that honestly he decided, you know, I'm going to hang out for another few seasons. We know Harvick's current contract is up at the end of the 2023 season, and honestly, with Ryan Pierce signing on to join Stuart Haas Racing as a reserve and development driver, running some cup races in 2022 and Xfinity and truck races as well with Ford partners, I think that Pierce is kind of aligning himself to take over that four car in 2024. Whether or not that happens or not, we'll have to wait and see. We don't know what the driver market will look like at the end of the 2022 season, let alone the end of the 2023 season. So I truly think that Kevin Harvick is in the final two years of his NASCAR career. I think he'll announce it at some point next season. It could be at the very tail end of the season. It could be during the offseason between 2022 and 2023. But I think 2023 is Harvick's final season in NASCAR. And at that point, he'll focus on his son Keelan's driver development and his progression throughout his racing career. This one's, again, not exactly a bold thought, but it's something you need to remember. Colic Racing will dominate in the NASCAR Xfinity Series in 2022. Now, the big headline was Daniel Hemrick winning at Phoenix in dramatic fashion, not only getting his first victory, but getting the championship in one foul side-by-side -side dramatic moment. Keep in mind, Daniel Hemrick was driving for Joe Gibbs Racing last season. In 2022, he's going to be racing for Colic, and 
Colic Racing actually did prove in 2021 that they are a powerhouse in the Xfinity Series. AJ Allmendinger was winning left and right in Xfinity and in the Cup Series. Daniel Hemrick signed on to drive one of the Colic Racing Chevys in the Xfinity Series. And I honestly think that with Daniel Hemrick coming on board, AJ Allmendinger continuing to build his notebook and going out there and doing AJ Allmendinger things and winning races left and right, I honestly think that Colic is going to win most of the races in 2022 in the Xfinity Series. And keep in mind, Austin Centric was one of Colic's biggest competitors on track. Heck, Austin Centric was side by side with Daniel Hamrick for that championship. And same thing with the Bristol victory and pretty much every other race. And Centric is out of Xfinity in 2022. He's racing in the Cup Series. I don't think Centric's going to be racing any Xfinity in 2022. He might do a single race here or there, but I highly doubt it. And with your main competition moving on, essentially, Colic gets to play in the Xfinity. Xfinity Playground all by themselves, and I think they're going to continue to dominate, not only be a threat for the Final Four out in Phoenix, but be a huge threat for the championship as well. Now we'll slide on down to the Truck Series. This one I know has a lot of validity to it. Haley Deegan will improve in 2022. I'm not saying she's going to win a race. I'm not saying she's going to win the championship or even make the playoffs. I'm saying she's going to have dramatic improvements in 2022. From all that I've seen from her, she's a driver who is trying to learn. She's doing all these extra... She's doing all these extra races away from NASCAR to kind of hone her skills and really work on her racecraft. She just raced out in Tuscaloosa, and she did okay before somebody ran into her and frankly broke her car, but she showed that she not only improves, but she wants to improve even more. She's not satisfied with her current racecraft, or even when she has a good day, she always says, okay, here's what we can do better. And that's the mark of a great driver, somebody who's trying to improve week in and week out. I see a lot of that in her, and I truly think that she will be a championship-winning driver in NASCAR sometime in the near future. You look at what she did in 2021. She was a rookie in the truck series with no practice for the most part went to a lot of tracks for the first time and frankly she was bit by bad equipment here and there she had a lot of bad luck but keep in mind no practice so she never really got a chance to learn the truck until basically midway through the season when she went to a track for the second and third time she truly showed a dramatic improvement i think that 2021 for her was about the seat time 2022 is about going out there and going for the win and i think with more practice time for her in the truck series i truly think she's going to do it whether or not she moves to xfinity in 2023 or not I don't know if that's necessarily on the table for her. She might stay in truck. It really depends on what happens in 2022 for her. And I think she's actually going to be a top 10, top 5 threat week in and week out for the second half of the season. And now for our last prediction, I think that NASCAR in 2022 will announce that they're returning not only to the Nashville Fairgrounds, but to North Wilkesboro as well. I know. I know. Maybe they're not going to return for the 2023 season, but for 2024 at the very least. It all depends how the renovations go. NASCAR already announced that they're renovating the Nashville Fairgrounds area to really bring it up to 2022 standards with a lot of modern amenities and frankly, a lot of things that are going to help that local community to enjoy the race weekends a little bit more and not be bombarded with sounds and with crowds. I think that that's going to be a huge component. North Wilkes 
Wilkesboro got a huge tax break and tax incentive, and they already started tearing down old buildings and working on things there. I think that it's just a matter of time before NASCAR formally announces some changes. I don't think they're going to be on the schedule for the 2023 season, but it's also a potential depending on how quickly things move along. Again, everything depends on what the economy does and what NASCAR does through 2022 with COVID. Is anything going to be shut down or races going to be canceled? I don't know. It depends on what happens in the world the next few months. And I'm leaning towards hopefully COVID will get under control and hopefully Nashville will actually see a cup race and an Xfinity race and a truck race in 2024 at the very latest, but maybe 2023 if everything shapes out all right. NASCAR has already said that they're not hesitant at pulling races from tracks that aren't performing. We've seen them drastically change the schedule the last few seasons, which I'm all for. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that in 2022, 2023, and beyond. So we'll have to see what happens. That's why we watch races, to see what happens and to see who's going to win these races. 2022 is shaping up to be one of the best seasons that NASCAR has ever seen. It's certainly, historically speaking, one of the most important seasons that NASCAR has seen in the last few seasons. And with COVID still running rapid, unfortunately, in our country, this is something that NASCAR has to keep an eye on. But the state of NASCAR is fairly strong right now heading into the 2022 season, and I, for one, cannot wait for it. I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you. What do you guys think about my 2022 predictions? Um, What do you think is the number one thing that we should keep an eye on going into 2022? Do you think I'm horribly off on some of my predictions? Let me know. Add Bailey. You can also use the hashtag ARNRace. And yes, you can also watch this in video form. Uh, this discussion about 2022 NASCAR predictions um, over on youtube.com forward slash hey Alan Bailey. Um, you can also comment there and I will see those comments. Bring them over here to the show as well. Want to thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure that you also subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Tuned In, iHeartRadio app, you name it, it's there. Go looking for it. Links are in the description for this episode up on AmericanRacingNetwork.com. So that's there if you want as well. And yeah, once the season kicks off, the NASCAR season specifically, we're going to get a lot more people in studio. Going to the Clash in a few weeks, and I'm going to be running around with a microphone and a camera. So I'm going to be doing some stuff down there. I'm going to do a race vlog because I know you guys have been screaming at me to get a race vlog up. And the pandemic happened, so I kind of didn't go to NASCAR races there for a hot minute. The clash at uh, the LA Coliseum is going to be very interesting in early February because it's the very first NASCAR race that actually requires either your vaccination card status or a negative COVID test result. That is a Los Angeles County regulation, not a NASCAR regulation. They are in LA County, so that's what's happening. I'm told that uh, depending on what's happening with COVID, the grandstands could, keyword could be limited to 10,000. They did have special um, approval months ago to have a lot more than that, a sellout basically. Because it's outdoors, we actually do have a little bit more leeway. Masks, I believe, are going to be required, but I'm not 100% sure on that. As soon as I know more about what's happening with the clash at the LA Coliseum, I'll let you guys know, but NASCAR, frankly, they NASCAR doesn't know at this point because they're going off of old paperwork and they're kind of, I don't want to say waiting and seeing what happens, but frankly, 
local laws, county laws are changing almost every day out here in Los Angeles because rates are so darn high. ICUs are at 80 plus percent capacity with people who have COVID. So, um, you know, NASCAR and the county want to keep people safe. That's just the reality we live in. So whatever the rules are, I'm going to follow them. What am I going to do? Sneak in? Come on. So I'm excited for it. I hope to see you guys out there. We will keep you guys up to date on everything that's happening with that. Hopefully we'll get a word in um, from NASCAR within a week or so of the actual event. So we got a couple of weeks before we actually get um, an actual straight up answer. So unfortunately, we'll wait and see. But if you're not vaccinated yet with uh, your first two shots and your third shot, I highly recommend it, especially if you're planning on attending the Bushlight Clash at the L.A. Coliseum in early February. And same with uh, going out uh, to Fontana. We haven't heard about restrictions out there, but I'm assuming we're going to have to show COVID uh, cards there as well to get into the parking lot at least. So we'll have to honestly wait and see. We're going to keep you updated. Make sure you stay logged on to AmericanRacingNetwork.com. For everybody here at Shifting Gears, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you mash that subscribe, follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. For Shifting Gears right here on ARN, I'm Alan Bailey. We'll see you at the track. Listening to the American Racing Network, a turn for media company. This is ARN, the Motorsports Authority.